And we are live. Where we fit in. Welcome to another edition of View presents Folk Talking Sports, sponsored by Five Star Properties. I am one of the co-hosts, the tri-hosts, I guess it's more accurate. Uh, Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Joining me is Andy Yanez. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Chris. A little tired from yesterday's uh, yep. elongated trip going up to, to Fort Worth. Yeah, and Willie Gibson. Willie, we're going to make fun of Andy in a moment. How are you doing, oh, Willie Gibson? I am phenomenal. Oh, How are you guys? Doing. Both of us are tired, Will. Uh, Willie, I know you're perfect. You're you're shining after. Ah, uh, uh, you know I'm okay. I'm okay. Look at it. Go, go where okay. Ohio State on there didn't I'm okay. didn't didn't I'm win okay. anything in conference play. Didn't win nothing. No conference okay. championship. Nothing at all. Hey, hey Chris, because, Chris, 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 Chris. Uh, because of the Invitational, we're okay. one of four. We're that's one of four. That's right. Because of the Invitational. They got invited to participate as one of the four teams. And that's what we're going to talk about here on Folks Talking Sports. But, Mr. Gibson, first things first. Houston Cougars men's basketball played in Fort Worth yesterday. About a four-hour drive. Okay. I, I drove to Fort Worth, Mr. Gibson. Okay. Me and my 50-year-old body and my 50-year-old knees made the drive to Fort Worth and arrived there yesterday afternoon about 3 o'clock. Mr. Yana is here. Had a flight paid for him uh, by Gallery Sports. Mr. Yana's flight was postponed four or five times <laughs> yesterday. Wow. I was being generous. It was probably more than that. <laughs> <laughs> he finally wow. arrived at what time? About 7 o'clock? <laughs> seven, seven, no, so I, I would not have made it if it was 7. Uh, I got into that around 6.20. No, no, so, at the arena. What time do you get to the arena? Uh, I think I got there around eight. What was tip off? What time was tip off? Eight thirty p.m. Wow, eight thirty p.m. Tip off. Oh wow! So yeah, I drove, got there at three o'clock. He had a flight for him, which would have been about an hour flight if it was on time. Fifty minutes. Yeah, and <laughs> he didn't get there till eight o'clock. So wow, chalk one up for the old heads, Mister Gibson. You know, of sometimes course. driving is is best. So there we go on that. We can talk. We 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 will talk about the Houston Cougars and their fifty three forty eight win over St. Mary's St. Mary's Gales. But first, I want to talk about the CFP, the four teams who will be competing in the college football playoff. And who are they, Mister Willie Gibson? Uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes, the TCU Horned Frogs. The team from up north, rival, the rival of Ohio State, <laughs> and the Georgia Bulldogs. It is so serious that that rivalry between the Buckeyes and their that team from up north, especially with the Buckeyes not winning the last two years, it's serious to the nth degree right now. And it's it's so serious that a coach with a forty-five and five record. Next season, we'll be coaching for his life. <laughs> the, the, the temperature is turned up. One more time. A coach who has a 45-5 and five record. Yep. Next season, will be coaching for his job in Ohio, at Ohio State. He, because he's lost to the rival two years in a row. 
that is intense. That is big time. And that is just one of many reasons why Willie Gibson is on a part of the folks talking sports crew. Another one is he covered the Cleveland Browns. Yes, sir. The Cleveland Browns, they played a, a certain team today. Who did they play, Mr. Gibson? Uh, was that a team? No. Um, they played the Houston. Not on offense. I don't know. Not on offense. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a team on offense. Yeah, they played the Houston Texans. And who was the quarterback for the Browns today? Uh, the one we all know and love, DW4, Deshaun Watson. And how did he do today? Uh, he looked as expected. He knocked the rust off. I mean, he threw, I mean, he legitimately was rusty. Admittedly, so post game he talked about it. You know, he said he didn't realize he didn't know how long it was, but he felt every bit of those seven hundred days of inactivity. I mean, he played eight plays in the preseason, but uh, he hadn't played in two years. And it showed. It showed. He, uh, you know, chalked it up onto the next one. Mr. Gibson, uh, A.D. Moore says it was good to see you today, sir. Yeah, I know. I wanted to surprise y'all, man. I was trying to keep that on the low. But A.D. kind of blew up my spot, and I was like, okay, he's going to tell him. But, yes, I, I was I was the building today. I am in your city. Ooh. I am in Houston, Texas. Uh, Richmond, Texas right now, to be specific. But, yes, I did see A.D., and we talked. And uh, he kind of gave me a little grief about Ohio State, and I kind of gave it back. As but, he uh, should. Yes. And as he should, too. Yeah, yeah, I, I do it. I said, as soon as I saw AD, I'm like, well, my surprise is over. Because I had something that I was going to do. But once I saw AD, I'm like, well, that's it. But yes, yes, I am I am in the city. Was AJ there? He was. He was. Got to just chop it up. Okay. Just yeah. want to make sure. Yeah, it was good to, that you made made it to town uh, for the game, the matchup. I had a chance to talk to AJ and, yeah. and AD and a few other colleagues. Yeah, uh, and one of these days we're going to get you over to Houston Athletics on the university side and and see if you can get approval over there. I didn't get in time. I didn't get in town quick enough. I knew it was Fort Worth, but had that been in Houston last night, I would have tried to to do something to get over there. But with it being four hours away, and I got in last night about eight o'clock, I think seven thirty, eight o'clock. There was no way for me to do it. Probably the same time Andy got in Dallas. But I came from Ohio. <laughs> uh, but it, it would have been you let me know because the Texans, the Houston Texans, NFL franchise, approved a credential for you, correct? Well, actually, because via, I'm via the Browns, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm credentialed through the Browns. So I went through my media contact with the Browns. Yeah. So I just I'm curious if you'll get a credential via Houston Athletics. University of one day in the future. That's cool. Oh, hey, hey, speaking of that, speaking of that, first person I saw when I walked in the media in the press box today was Kim Davis. At the Texans. Yes. At the Texans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First person I saw legitimate. No lie. Straight up. I walked in and I saw Kim Davis. First person. And she can't get a credential at the University of Houston. Can't, can't get approved for one. Go figure. Imagine that. Yes, I'm going to be petty, but I'm going to be I'm also going to be factual and truthful because that's what I do. So, but anyway, offense for the Texans was offensive. It was horrendous. <laughs> it was atrocious. It was terrible. You could, yeah, the list of synonyms goes on and on. It was abysmal. It was a fire, a dumpster fire. Will, when you Cleveland say- Browns, how many offensive points? All right, Chris, I'm just going to tangent, but how oh, many points ahead, did the ahead, Cleveland Browns 
Score on offense, Lily. On offense? Uh, three? I know they had, I know they had one field goal. I know they had the fumble recovery. Yeah. They had the punt return touchdown. Punt return. Really? That's 21. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So two field so, goals. Two field goals. Six. And the Texans <laughs> lost by 13. Only gave up six <laughs> points. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and so they had 14, and they didn't score two touchdowns. It came from field goals and a safety. Well, I guess yeah. they did score one touchdown late. They scored one yeah, touchdown late. One touchdown late. <laughs> and, well, seeing it in person, did you have think? Did you think to yourself, "This is a pro. This is, a, this is an NFL franchise, NFL offense." Funny story. Um, the fourth quarter, it was still kind of somewhat close. Someone close going into the fourth quarter. He was uh, 7 14 8 at that point. And uh, I got an alert from NFL Plus that said uh, with a loss, the Houston Texans will be eliminated from playoff contention. And I'm like, they're 1 9 and 1. What are we talking about here? <laughs> they, you didn't know they were eliminated from playoff contention before now? At 1 9 and 1? Okay. Okay. But it's official now. <laughs> yeah, now it's official. And to that point, the, the pick that Cleveland owes them for Deshaun Watson suffered because they won today. So they, they, they pretty much have the number one pick locked up. But with Cleveland winning today, that pick is now number 13. Two weeks ago, that pick was a top five pick. And now with the shot coming back, that pick could be late twenties. Well, that's what it should be because that was the expectation when it was, the trade was made that Deshaun with them in the playoffs. That, that's going to be a late first round pick. And early on, with Cleveland being three and seven, it was looking very, very, very bleak. But them winning two in a row, two division games coming up um, at Cincinnati and at home for Baltimore. Uh, this team can be seven and seven in two weeks, right back in the thick of the playoff contention, legitimately for the Browns. What was the atmosphere outside, or even inside, the stadium uh, surrounding Mr. Watson? True story, man. I, I, I've never I've heard of this before, but I've never experienced it. They piped in crowd noise because when really? the Browns walked out, they well they they first had a they. They misplayed it because they played it. And I'm looking around like, do my lion eyes deceive me? It's not that many people here hmm. to correspond with the sound I just heard. And then, and it was a false alarm because Jacoby Brissett ran out. It wasn't Deshaun Watson. Hmm. And then when Deshaun ran out, I heard it again. And I'm looking again. And I'm like, man, there's no one. And then it just, Cut off. There was no, it was no natural sound. It, you know, it, it was like, <sighs> and it cut off. I'm like, they just piped in noise. They just piped in booze. Because one, there was not enough people there to correspond with the sound that I heard. And then two, it was so unnatural. It was clear. It was piped in noise. So that was interesting to me. Um, as the crowd went on, I mean, it still was extremely thin. Um, overall, uh, clear that the city, from what I saw today, you guys know better than I, it was clear the city has definitely, uh, 
abandoned this team as far as attending games because it was very, I mean, for that the stadium that size, there was clearly, I, I would venture to say, I don't, it, it, it was a sparse crowd to say the least. Chris, you're muted. We can't hear you. You're on mute. You're on mute. Coach Samson would not approve of piped-in noise. He's oh, that's funny. He m- mentioned it during the week. <laughs> this yeah, week he, of all week, he get he would get hot if if he, what did he say? He said he I'll never, never do that around here. Yes, never wants piped-in noise while he's at Houston. Never. He was he he spoke from his chest. Will <laughs> he yeah. never. Well, we have piped-in crowd noise while I'm at the University of Houston. Sure. Hey. Men's basketball, let's put it like that. I appreciate that. Wise. Yeah, I like that. But uh, Texas is not 1-10-1. What can we say? And I forgot to do this because for two weeks in a row, A.D. Moore from the AdMax Corner has gave us a great lead-in to folks talking sports, trying to work it out, be like the big dogs, the professionals, have a show before hours, and then the conclusion of that show leads in to our show so ad Moore, thank you very much for that sir props to you on your show and props to you for for covering an awful franchise <laughs> hey i don't say that doesn't make up yeah that's true that's real so you know because it's not easy to talk about a bad product week in week out you know because at some point the fans tune out too and you're not got an audience it's hard to deal with that as well but oh he said the dog pound was there too. Yeah, <laughs> the oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I saw people. There was a browse backer. Wait a minute, I can tell you exactly where it was because I ran into them when they sent me pictures. It was uh, I'll tell you exactly where they were. Wow. They were at man, lot nine, lot nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Browns backers took over a lot nine, wherever that is, because they sent me pictures. It was thick. What was the announced attendance? Uh, great question. I don't have my notes with Cause, me. Cause I, I, know what, I know it wasn't sellout. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I, that's a great question. It, it escapes me right now, and I don't have my information with me, but it was, like I said, the, the crowd was sparse. It was sparse is being nice. So Texans fans have finally turned on not finally, but, you know, truthfully turned on the franchise. So even football fans have limits here in the city of Houston and the state of Texas. And now we're going to shift gears because Mr. Volleyball, the expert, the folks talking sports volleyball expert, James Mueller, is going to join us because he's going to, to share news about a successful women's program on the campus of the University of Houston, unlike a team we'll be talking about after this segment. Uh, James, how are you, sir? Pretty good. How about y'all? Be you, tired. Say, you, can't, you can't hear James? <laughs> can you hear me okay? Yeah, we, we hear yeah you. I can hear you. Willie said he can't hear you. I don't know what's going on. Hmm. Yeah, because everybody else hears, hears James fine. James, just keep talking. We'll, we'll figure it out. Technology here in, in, in the streaming world, but James, another person who was in Fort Worth yesterday for UH men's basketball. We're going to talk volleyball. Give us a volleyball update. They're still playing. Yeah. Um, so 
Yeah, they they entered the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2000, and uh, Friday night knocked off, uh, or I guess not knocked. They beat. They were the favorites. Uh, uh, South Dakota in five sets, and that was, and then that was their first win in an NCAA tournament since 1994. So it's been a long time. And then yesterday, um, Houston's the five seed, by the way. They were they would or if if you pick by favorites, they were supposed to play the four seed Creighton, but Auburn knocked off Creighton in that round, so they played Auburn, fell into a two one deficit, um, but then uh, bounced back and won the final two sets to advance to the sweet 16 where they will meet up with number one seed Stanford in Palo Alto on Thursday night. Will, can you hear us? He said he still couldn't. Hmm. Okay. Weird. Well, we'll keep talking volleyball. How long has coach been in charge at Houston? This is his fourth year. Um, yeah, he arrived in 2019 and, um, yeah. And the reason I know that is because I don't think I said this story on Folk Stock and Sports, but head coach David Merritt, he's the first coach I ever interviewed in a post-game interview setting when I was uh, literally a week in the Daily Cougar. Um, I don't think we've ever given Jair a shout out on the show, too, but he um, sent me over to a volleyball game and and post-game. It just happened so fast, and he was super nice, and I was green as is. I think I still might have that audio recording, but that uh, David Rare and the volleyball program, they've been able to do a quick turnaround in, in, I mean, since that 2019 window. Okay, it's funny you should say, well, no, no, I don't want to throw rocks just yet. Um. James, there was there was a Sports Center top ten moment featuring volleyball. Uh, yeah. Describe it. Can you just talk about it? Yeah. So Friday night, uh, I think it was the fourth set. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure it was either the third or fourth. I'm pretty sure it was the fourth. Um, but there was a ball that was kind of shanked and it went flying. And basically, when when you saw it on the ESPN plus feed you're, you everyone thought, you know, that's, that's way over. It's, it's way past the end line. There's no chance, but um, two-time libero uh, or American athletic conference libero of the year, uh, Kate Georgiotis, she, she didn't think so. And so she, she sprinted back and dove and she little did she know there was a little table there. Um, but she, the table took more damage than her because she was up within a second and sprinting back onto the court. And then the ball, there was a, the ball went back and forth a few more times, but then UH eventually won the point. And then so Kate's play to uh, save the ball and, you know, keep the point in play was the number one uh, play on sports center Friday night. Outstanding. I saw the highlight of it Friday. What was I get? I was at rice for women's basketball. We'll talk about them in a second too, but that was a hell of a play. I mean, Kate hustle, Threw her body into that table. <laughs> Not, I mean, pushed the table back. But I think one of the clips after that, you saw how much the table had been moved because of the collision. And then a rally kept going, and UH won the point. James, what's the Cougars' record in in volleyball? Thirty and three. Yeah, thirty and three with yesterday's win. Um, Nineteen and one in conference play. Uh, Twenty match win streak. Uh, longest program history that ended on the last day of the regular season when they lost to UCF, but um, they've set a lot of records this year. So uh, we're still having technical issues with, with Willie hearing us, which is very weird. Once James joined, Will's connection went away. I don't know what happened there, but you know, we'll, we'll keep rolling. Okay. Andy, James, you said it's the fourth year. 
For coach in volleyball, Coach Rear? Yes. Fourth year. Hmm. I'm not great in math like I used to be. But four is less than nine. Right? Isn't four less than nine? Coach Rear team is in the NCAA tournament. Sweet 16. Fourth year. Whereas... Oh, oh, see, now we're going to see. We were just waiting for the segment talking about Coach Huey. That's what it was. See, hey, <clears throat> he was tired. I, 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 I mean, I just told the truth. I just told the truth about the Texas. You're going to have to cut me off, man. I know I'm in your city and all, but hey, <laughs> no, see, that's what it was. He, that's no, what it was. Will, you, uh, need, no, you should have kept going. You, you timed it because AD said the announced attendance was. Sixty-six thousand five twenty-three. Oh, no, 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 That'd be nine straight seasons. Nine, Will. Will, nine is more than four. Man. What about coach? Fourth year in Houston, head coach. Three sixteen. Coach Huey be nine seasons. No tournament. No NTA tournament. Coach Samson. Final four. Lead eight. Three sixteen. Nine seasons. Where am I going with this, guys? Where where am I going? Where am I going? Who 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 deserves blame for this? Is it Chris Pesman, the vice president of athletics? Is it uh, the senior women's administrator? Hell, is it the president, Chancellor, who seems to not even know women's basketball exists uh, because she makes no comments about them when, when they don't win or hell anything? But who's to blame for uh the one and seven start, the nine years of no tournament appearance. Y'all tell me. All of the above. Andy, do you agree with that? I do, especially in, in terms of um, what and uh, the apathy. Uh, I know, Will, you mentioned that in regards to the Texans, but that's something that, that really is the reason why no one gets held accountable to it. And um, especially from an alumni's fan base uh, with the loss today they're one in seven correct the women's team yes. mm-hmm. uh, to open the season yep but you don't you don't see an outroar um from people and that's really the big reason why there hasn't been uh really anyone there hasn't really been any kind of fuel to hold anyone to the fire if we're being honest and that's pretty much it i mean look i'm looking at their um, post on Twitter that they post following it uh, their today's loss to Kent State seventy three or to Kansas State Kent State um, seventy three to fifty nine, and there's one reply it almost barely has any engagements and I mean, that's that's a that's a big factor in it of itself. James, what are your thoughts on who's to blame? I mean, I I agree. There's a little bit of a lot. I mean, the main reason they are off to a a bad start this year is they they can't shoot really well. Um, earlier in the week the team posted a thing on Twitter. They were number three nationally in offensive rebounds, steals, and turnovers forced, I'm pretty sure, um, were the three categories. You're number three in the nation in that. You should have a better record. Um, But, I mean, I don't know if you've mentioned it before, but 
Chris, I don't remember the exact stat, but from today they started like what six of seven and then made only six shots the rest of the game. Um, yeah. Oh no, no. Uh, I was first half. They started six of seven, and then the rest of the first half they were six of twenty-six. So that's, I mean, that's the big problem right there. Um, got to score to be able to win. Um, not saying they got to put up eighty a game, um, but I mean, you got to shoot a little better than that. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure they could score 80, but uh, let's see. <clears throat> Their defense would have to be just superior to c- compensate for the struggles making shots because the men's team doesn't shoot the ball well a lot, but they can hold a team to 44 points <laughs> or 48 <laughs> or whatever and still win that way. Women's team... It's there. They find ways to lose. Uh, see, last few days ago, before today against Kansas State Thursday against UT Arlington, they were 12 for 25 from the free throw line. So they mm. shot well from the floor for them, probably one of their best shooting nights <laughs> this season. But they missed 13 free throws in a three point loss. Mm. So, th- I mean, they're at a point now where we typically we hear good teams, good slash great teams find ways to win. Well, bad teams find ways to lose. And when you're missing 13 free throws, you're one six at that time, not one and seven, you're a bad team. You are what the record says you are. They're one and seven. They have a home game Wednesday the seventh against UMBC, Maryland, Maryland, Baltimore County, I think has two or three wins. So that's a chance, a chance to end their five-game non-conference losing streak. I think it's the first time Coach Huey, Coach Huey Houston team has lost five games, five straight games in non-conference. But whether they win or lose Wednesday, they face an undefeated Rice Owls team on the road, road, you know, it's eight miles away. At Rice, Saturday, December 10th, at Rice, Andy, James, Will, I know y'all are smart at math and know this for certain. Two is less than nine, right? Yeah. Coach Lindsay Edmonds is in her second year as head coach at Rice and has guided the Isles to the best start in program history at 7-0. and with wins over Texas A&M and TCU from the quote-unquote Power Five conferences. Friday's win over TCU, Rice led the entire ball game. Not one tie, not one lead change. They led the entire way and won by 10 points. Second-year head coach, Will, so it can be done. And after the game, after the game, I posted comments on my Instagram from their seniors, two of their seniors, Ashley Austin and Caitlin Crossweight. Rice has had more success. They've won a WBI tournament, the WNIT tournament. And the two of them, as seniors said, well, we have a winning tradition here at Rice. We as seniors expect to win. We know how to win. Contrast that to eight miles away 
at the one and seven program who uh, probably doesn't look like they, they know how to win. Two years, second year head coach, ninth year head coach. Make it make sense, Will. Make it make sense. Well, I'll say this. Um, wise man once told me, people don't do what you expect. They do what you inspect. And so what I'm hearing is that women's basketball is not even an afterthought. It's a non-thought at the University of Houston. So therefore, and I don't know, I'm not casting dispersions on his character at all, but when is Senate visit for Coach Huey, Huey to, to improve or to do anything? If for nine years, it's been all good. And so now if something was to be said, it's like, wait a minute, I've been doing this the entire time. Why now? And remember, for those who are tuning in on our Folks Talk Sports Twitter account, as well as on the Houston Round Bar View YouTube, Coach Huey received a contract extension in September last year, and he did not lead the team to the NCAA tournament, which goes to Will's point. What is the incentive for him? <laughs> He's getting paid. He got an extra year in his contract for not getting to the NCAA tournament. James, make it make sense. I mean, I don't know all the details, but, I mean, it's certainly not typical of what you expect. You expect typically a coach gets three or four years. Um they don't show anything then a school typically moves on and finds the next person so and before i come come to andy go to andy gotta you know shout out our sponsor five star properties if you're facing foreclosure and want to sell fast visit fivestarprops.com that's f-i-v-e-s-t-a-r-p-r-o-p-s.com they are a dallas-based company owned by a uh alum and I'm going to, just for a quick second, place the banner up over Mr. Gibson's part of his face. That's so you can see the number as I read it across. But for those who are listening on our audio podcast platforms, I'm going to say it for you. Phone number 972-532-SELL. That's 972-532-7355. Visit the website once again, fivestarprops.com. Andy, make it make sense. What's the incentive for Coach Huey if he's getting a contract <clears throat> extension for not getting to the NCAA tournament? There is no logical sense. Like you said, uh, the extension was given after the, the most successful season he, he had had, which basically was being the last one out uh, for the NCAA tournament. And from that point, I, th- I think it's it's it speaks more about the administration, honestly, more than anyone else. Um, at least in my opinion, just overall. Again, it, it, it goes to show, like Willie said, it, it really comes across like women's basketball at the University of Houston is an afterthought. And, and nine seasons, and you hate to do the comparisons, but you have to do the comparisons because it's been night and day, nine years when Kelvin Sampson got here, nine years when Huey got here. And you're being nice, Andy, with the afterthought. I'm all with Will now. There's no thought. <clears throat> Houston basketball. And it comes I, across that way. I, I think the band being there at the game against UT Arlington, if it weren't for that band, the attendance at the game, there were more fans 
from UTA, from Arlington, they'd made the trip down than Houston Cougar fans. And that's, I mean, that's like 50 to 100 UTA fans to 40 for Houston fans. So, I mean, that's it. Okay? Maybe 200, 300 people in Fertitta Center. Chris Pesman, the senior women's administrator, one of Tizer, President of Tour. Yes, we know the Big 12 is calling for Houston, July 1st, 2023. Have you seen Big 12 women's basketball? Have do, do you? Can you on truthfully? They got a taste of it last night. They they cannot believe. Have an honest assessment that the current Houston Cougars women's basketball program is ready to compete in the Big 12. If they believe that, here I need to give them my glasses. They need to get their eyes checked. I need to talk to them about who they've been talking to for these assessments because the folks who they're listening to are lying to them. So we're done talking about Houston Cougars women's basketball. They do play UMBC this Wednesday at 7 p.m. at home. They go to Rice on the 10th. Same tip time as UH men versus Alabama. Why they did that, I have no idea. Rice, if y'all, shame on you. Pick a 7 o'clock start for that game because whatever. But Houston Cougars men's basketball team is 8-0, ranked number one in the coaches poll and the AP poll. Struggle a little bit Saturday night in the win over St. Mary's, 53-48. The number one in Ken Palm now. Anybody cares about Ken Palm? But Andy, James, Coos play Tuesday, North Florida. But the fans, the Cougar fans, care about Saturday, December 10th, home against Alabama, ABC, 2 p.m. tip-off. But you guys tell the fans in your best Kelvin Sampson voices, we got a game before that. Go ahead, James. You you first. I mean, I can't really do a Kelvin impression, but, uh, I mean, Kelvin's always focused on he, – he's, he's, he never looks ahead of anything. It doesn't matter what school you're playing in. He'll find uh, – ways to you know or when he talks to the media he'll show you why each team he believes each team that uh faces is dangerous and he'll point out specific players things like that um and i mean you see it all the time in college basketball um where some no-name school pulls off crazy upsets um and so i mean that's one of the reasons why UH has been so good is they haven't overlooked many opponents. Um, and cause they haven't fallen victim. Like a lot of these others, like, you know, Duke, North Carolina, a bunch of the big Kentucky, they'll fall to some random school that no one's heard of. UH hasn't done that under Sampson. Um, and so I think that's a credit to just, you know, not looking ahead too far, even though a top 10 matchup with Alabama, presumably when the rankings come out, um, is the bigger storyline. Um, he's not concerned about that at all until after Tuesday night. Andy, in your best Kelvin Sampson, let everybody know there's a game before Alabama. 
Yeah, there's a game for Alabama December 6th against North Florida, a team that I don't know if I can buy into this character, but let, let, let me just do it for fun. <clears throat> this is a North Florida team that's played Gonzaga. They had to play at Gonzaga, so they have experience playing a top team in the country. Um, the final score wasn't wasn't close. It was lopsided. They have experience playing the Zags. They gave them some some. They did well. Some stuff will help against the Bulldogs. They played Washington tough on the road. They played Kentucky. They played Kentucky much closer than they did Gonzaga. And like you said, it's the next game is any given Sunday or any. I'm now I'm thinking the NFL. It's any given game day uh, for Houston, and then in particular, like you mentioned, Houston is coming off the heels against St. Mary's, and a lot of it had to do with how the Gales defended them. Um, he called both the Gales a very great defensive team. Um, he called Houston a great defensive team, and you had one of those um, grit and grind battle games, but that's something that Houston's going to look to shake off, especially on offense. I think it's going to be interesting to see um, how the guards respond because Kelvin kind of called them out a little bit post game after that game against St. Mary's. He says the guards have to rebound better. He said overall this this particular team is not a good rebounding team. Um, and that's something they're going to continue to work on. And obviously, you know, Calvin Sampson, I'm sure um, he's making a, a point of emphasis uh, when it comes to rebounding, heading into a game against North Florida. And they, they have a kid. Uh, his name is Jarius Hicklin, who is a Texas native. He's up from the Dallas area, but he's the one who leads uh, North Florida in, in scoring. So that's going to be interesting to see. I know not, not necessarily homecoming for him, just coming back to the state of Texas. Um, I'm sure he'll have some extra juice being able to, to play within the state. And at the end of the day, they have that big bullseye target on their back. They're going to be number one, presumably still following, uh, like you said, now they're sitting at 8-0. And now they've moved to number one in the campaign. So they're going to be motivated to come in here and try to upset, try to shock the world and, and try to beat the Eastern Cougars. And Andy, I think you mentioned last night we are talking about it. Uh, on Less Rage Cougs, the Cougars are ranked 243rd in, in defense rebounding in Ken Palm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So that, that really backs up what Coach said about this team, this Cougar team, not being a great rebounding team. They're still a no. They're not a great team. They're not, they're not playing great basketball right now in December. They're not yes. playing January basketball right yeah. now. That's what he said a while ago. Yeah, they're playing December basketball. Mm-hmm. When it's time for January, they'll play that. They'll get better. Because that's the timeline for development for the team going forward. So they won't, they should not lose Tuesday to North Florida. They might lose Saturday to Alabama. Wouldn't be the end of the world for him. The fans would be disappointed, but you know, on to the next. But <clears throat> Willie Gibson. Yes, sir. And I'm serious when I ask this question. What is causing the struggles of the Tar Heels? Yeah, man. That's a great question. Um, was that four in a row for them? I think yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Four losses. Yeah. I, I mean, against Indiana and out in Portland, maybe you could say for themselves, championship hangover, maybe. But to lose the Vitek, Today they didn't lose, they got pounded. Yeah. Um I don't know. And I hate it for Coach Davis because all the naysayers that will now say CC wasn't the one, they forget he played to within nine points in the national championship, what, 
seven months ago, eight months mm-hmm. ago. But this fits the narrative. Like, see, he wasn't the one. He wasn't the guy. He wasn't ready. He needs somebody else. I have no answers, to be truthful. I don't I don't know. Uh, I hope they figure it out. I, I really don't know. And true fans of Hubert Davis and true Char Hill fans will always say, but he ended Coach K's career. Yes. <laughs> Sent Coach K out with a L. So I was trying not to do that. But since you brought it up, yes. That's fact. You know, hey, that's fact. I can't run from that. I'm a Duke fan. Hey, I, that's fact. And it was beat down, too. So let's, let's, let's be more accurate about it as well. Yes. But the Tar Heels, are, their struggles, because they have a lot of returning players, and they brought in a good transfer. Pete Nance. Pete Nance. So they are an example of why the Cougs people say, well, who have the Cougs played on and on and on? They're winning. If they're not playing well, they're still winning. So you look at the Tar Heels, they're not. They're struggling. So you can lose any time you play a game, you're competitive, there's a chance you can lose. So let's keep that in mind. Coach Sanders says it over and over to all of us, anyone who's listening. Winning a game is hard. So just keep that in mind. Winning a game is hard. And just keep moving. All right. Back to the CFP. Now we got James Mueller in the discussion. James, do you have anything to say about uh, your thoughts on Ohio State, the Ohio State being the CFP? I thought the committee got it right. I mean, I tweeted yesterday after TCU lost. I still thought it should be three TCU for Ohio State um, just because, I mean, Ohio State, compare them to Bama, um, one loss versus two is significant to me. And also, I mean, their loss was to the number two team in the country. Um, so it's not like it was a bad loss where Bama has the argument, yeah, we've lost by what a combined four points on the last two on each game was on the last play of the game, but they could have easily lost four or five games. Um, you know, A&M had a chance at the end. There, there was just multiple times there. Um I honestly don't know. I honestly think now, I mean, I think Bama's better than Tennessee overall just because Hooker's out, but, like, those two had the same record and Tennessee beat Bama. So, I I mean, if I was doing that, I might have even put Tennessee ahead. But um, I think the committee got it right overall. And I'm asking this because I'm not sure. Wasn't USC ahead of Ohio State in last week's poll? Yes. They were. Yeah. And then they got trucked. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. But they have two losses compared to Ohio State's one. Right. So I'm, I'm just saying once Ohio, once USC lost in the Pac-12 championship game, they weren't going to stay in four. Yep. So somebody had to take that spot. And there you go, Ohio State. So I think overall the committee got it right. I was glad to see TCU not get dropped from losing in overtime in the Big 12 championship game. You got a big physical quarterback, third and goal at the foot line, and you run in the eye. Eye formation. What the hell? <laughs> you do it twice. Right. I mean, come, come on, Coach Dykes. 
I mean, I don't, I didn't, I did not see his comments after the game, read about him, whatever. But K State had problems stopping Max Duggan running his feet all day. Sometimes you you are too smart for your own good. But TCU has a chance to be the first Big Twelve team to win a game in the CFP. And who are they playing, Mr. Gibson, in the semifinal? Uh, the number two ranked team in the country. That team from up north, James, because he, Mr. Gibson, as a diehard Buckeye fan, will not say who the number two that team from up north is. But it would be nice if TCU ended the Big 12's offer in the CFP, although the free, previous four times was Oklahoma. But Andy, Will, and James, you guys know that <clears> – <throat> In all seriousness, the if TCU does not do it this year, the team that will end the Big 12 struggles in the CFP going forward will be the Houston Cougars. You know, it'll be the Cougs under Dana Hogerson because clearly he's the right man for the job. He's going to turn things around. The Cougs are going to set the world on fire next year in conference play and go undefeated, right? Where'd Will go? Right, you saw that, right? I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> Sarcasm, Will. Sarcasm. Okay. Okay. Sarcasm. <clears throat> On that note, I think it's the perfect time to announce that the okay. Chris, I said, I think now would be the perfect time to announce that the University of Houston football team will face off against the Louisiana Raging Cajuns in the Independence Bowl at 2 p.m. Central Time on December 23 in Louisiana. Andy, are you going? I will not. Not Andy, December 23. No. Wait a minute. Are there bowl games before Christmas? Well, down here, it's, it's for the most part, it's a regular occurrence. So, oh, I, yeah. I, I'm unaware. I'm unaware. The Rice Sox well, going bowling Chris, on uh, Chris, December 17th. You said, you said regular appearance. It is the 30th. This will be the 30th bowl appearance all time for the Houston Cougars. And I wonder how many of them have been, have been before Christmas, <laughs> not, not New Year's Day. But anyway, but Rice will play Southern Miss on December 17th in a bowl game for the Owls. So they're, they're bowling. So congrats to the Rice football program. But, yeah, well, the Cougs are open line at four-point favorite over the, the Cajuns in the Independence Bowl taking place in Shreveport on the 23rd. I'm kind of curious how many Cougar fans will – We'll make that trip over there. I might watch a minute of it. Doubtful. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> but James, you and I talked about this last night. Going around about, about to wrap it up here on, on Folks Talk of Sports, sponsored by Five Star Properties. <sighs> Check this out, Will. Yes, sir. I've had two UH alums suggest to me that, uh, well, first, of course, the UH administration will have to care about women's basketball first to do this, but that they hire Rice's head coach, Lindsey Edmonds, mm. to take over at Houston and turn around this program. Andy, what do you think about that? Well, it's hard to argue with the results. Results, resume is strong. James, what about you? It matters. I mean, it just depends on what the administration wants to do going into the Big 12, if they're okay with 
what they've seen in the American and knowing that it will get worse because the Big 12 is a much stronger conference um, in women's basketball, then okay. But um, if the goal is to truly go in there and win and compete, then, I mean, I don't know exactly who, what, what person they should bring in, but um, there should certainly be discussions. Because if Coach Edmonds stays at Rice, ironically, I think the American could become a two-bid league for women's basketball with Rice and yeah, South Florida. Florida. Go figure. Houston leaves. Well, right now, the American is one-bid league, period. South Florida, and then by some miracle, if South Florida does not win the conference championship, then it'd be two that way. But I'm talking about two at-large bids, you know, Rice and South Florida in the future. And Houston in the Big 12, I mean, I just don't see it. I, just, I don't see as, as the program is currently constructed. Andy, Will, James, do you see a coach Huey-led Houston Cougars women's basketball program reaching the NCAA tournament in the Big 12? No. It's, it's they can't do it in the AAC. It. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Exactly. James? Oh, um, unless something drastic happens and they suddenly start attracting a bunch of recruits, then no. Ah, recruiting. That is a great mystery. None of the top Houston talent wants to go to Houston. Well, that's a problem. You can't get the best talent in Houston with the facilities that UH Women's Hoops has compared to, you know, compared to Rice, it's better. So no, that I, reminds me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead, Will. But that reminds me of about mm, six or seven years ago, six years ago now, seven years ago now, Thad Mata was the head coach of Ohio State men's basketball. And... He had had success. He had gone to their. He had gone to a national championship game in 07 with mm-hmm. Greg Golden, Daquan Cook, Mike Conley Jr. Lost to Florida, but since then he had hit a little dry patch. Mm-hmm. And you look at the city of Columbus. You had Karis Levert went to Michigan. You had. Uh, Trey Burke went to Michigan. City of Columbus, mm-hmm. not Ohio. City of Columbus. You had Sterling Manley, who didn't do as well as expected, but he went to a school. He and Karis LeVert were teammates in a suburb of Columbus called Pickerington. Sterling Manley went to North Carolina. So in your city, you've had Sterling Manley, Trey Burke, Karis LeVert, and then there was a young man from Toledo, Ohio, probably about two hours west of Columbus. Young man, um, Nigel Hayes. Mm-hmm. Nigel Hayes. Uh, Toledo, St. John, if I remember right. Wanted to come to Ohio State. 
loved Ohio State, wanted to come to Ohio State. Thad Mata told his mother, your son is not a Big Ten player. Wow. So what does the young man do? He goes to Wisconsin and becomes Big Ten player of the year. Yes. And every time he came to Columbus, he made it a point to give Ohio State the work, Mm -hmm. that business, as the kids say. Yep. And so Thad Mata, it's like, you can't get him in your city. And so Gene Smith had a conversation. He was gone. Yep. So if in your city, and, and, and Columbus, Ohio is nowhere near the talent hotbed of Houston, Texas. So if you can't get Houston high school players to buy into your program, And you haven't been to the tournament in nine years. What are we yep. doing? Yeah. What are we doing? That's that's it right there. Those those great points, two great points from Willie Gibson. That's a bow on it. We're gonna wrap it up right there. Go around the around the screen, around the panel. As we talk about, we've talked about Houston Cougars volleyball success. And when is their match against Stanford, James? Thursday night, uh, there's not a time set yet. The San Diego and Kentucky play at 7 Central, if I'm correct, and then UH will start 30 minutes after that match ends, so I'd anticipate like 9.30-ish. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Good luck to the Cougars volleyball team. We'll talk about UH football next week as we get ready for that big titanic tilt in the Independence Bowl taking place on December 23rd. Yeah. Okay, about that. <clears throat> but don't go seven and six. Oh well, well, it apparently it doesn't matter anymore if you don't go eight and four. Apparently. Wow. So you know, seven and five, I guess is, is new eight and four. I, I guess. I mean, you know, it looks wow. looks that way. I mean, hell, if you're giving out contract extensions for folks who don't make the NCAA tournament, <laughs> you know, hey. You know, and salute to Coach Huey's agent for putting that clause in the contract or whatever. But still, if you're the administration, he hasn't been to the tournament. Why are we giving him another year in his contract? Andy on this. How can folks find you and keep track of less rage coogs and, and the great <clears> work <throat> you're doing all over the place? Uh, if they want to follow me on Twitter, they can do so as they see on the screen at Ayana's underscore five. Be sure to check out uh, my work, in particular, covering the, the men's basketball team for gallerysports.com. That was the reason I will. And, and Chris, you guys got on me. That was the reason I flew out to Fort Worth uh, yesterday, even though apparently it was three hours delay. But I, that's neither here or there. <clears throat> I'm American. <clears throat> but um, uh, be sure to check out. I had a good uh, article just. Uh, recapping overall a lot of the takeaways that Samson said and a lot of it was the focus from Randy Bennett because I, I really found it interesting how how highly and how highly he spoke of Houston just overall and like he said um, like Bennett said they have experience going up against number one teams in the country in the past and he had a lot of good insight on um, what he saw from Houston what the biggest challenges was how strong defensively were be sure to check that out and I'll have an article coming out 
at some point tomorrow, focusing more on Jawan Roberts and Reggie Chaney and then what Calvin Sampson had to say post game about how uh, players in their program wait their turn. So be sure to check that out at gallerysports.com. In regards to Let's Rage Cougs, the unofficial Houston post game show for football and men's basketball, that means we will, we will be doing a show on Let's Rage the final Let's Rage Cougs. Um, Football postgame show of the season come December 23 on the Independence Bowl. And hopefully, like you said, Will, it is not coming off the heels of a 7-6 and six season. And hopefully they can salvage. I think it'll be interesting to see. I think there's still a lot of more interesting things rather than just the season because Dana Horst is going to speak to the media tomorrow via, via Zoom meeting. But it'll be interesting to see how many um, seniors choose to opt out, what the future of Tank Dell is. Do, do, does Clayton Toon decide to start? Do they go with... Uh, Lucas Collier, or what exactly does does the team look? It could be very, a very interesting game just from that mindset. Um, as obviously we know that Houston's going to be taking that big jump into the Big 12. And we'll be back Tuesday night first before December 23 for the next Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. Let's Rage Cougs, like I mentioned, the unofficial postgame show of Houston men's basketball and we'll be back following uh, shortly anywhere from 40 to 50 minutes following the conclusion of houston and north florida for that and then we have the big headliner on saturday houston and alabama that that's right post game show well hopefully it'll be a great game and it'll be a lot of uh, a lot to discuss james mueller you're next sir how can folks get in touch with you on social media yeah y'all can find me on twitter at jdm2186 and then all my work uh, regarding anything UH athletics is at the dailycougar.com. Here we go, James. Right there, get across the screen right there. But, yes, he does great work, and he, he made it back from Fort Worth and as well. Via can I car. just add on one thing with James? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't pay for the flight. Uh, one thing I do want to say in all seriousness in regards to James uh, my guy was in the Zoom call for the volleyball after the game or after they had concluded the game while Houston was taking on St. Mary's and he was juggling uh, a lot of things in, in last night following that game. Just a shout out to him because he has been grinding out again. He deserves the props um, on a public forum. Indeed. He had, he had his tablet in his hand watching the volleyball match. We're getting ready for the basketball game. Then a Zoom call for volleyball. <laughs> So he did that while basketball is going on. So outstanding, James. Prop to you. Onward and upward for you as well. Mr. Gibson, I think I got this right. Is this correct? IG as well? Is, is what yeah, it is. Says? All right. It is. How can folks find you, sir? As it says on the crawl, at Will Gibson 7 on Twitter and IG, as the kids say. As the young men say. I can't say kids. As, as the <laughs> youngsters say. And uh, Facebook is Will Knows. And I'll add that soon. Yep. All right. Thank you very much. And we're going to wrap it up. Of course, I am Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Big shout out to our sponsor, Five Star Properties. Once again, they'll be sponsoring the Bulldog Sports Show throughout the college basketball season. Five Star Properties. Contact them at 972-532-SELL. 972-532-7355. If you're facing foreclosure or need to sell your house as is for cash, call that number once again, 972-532-SELL or 972-532-7355 or visit their website at fivestarprops.com, F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R-P-R-O-P-S.com. 
Faisal Properties is a Dallas-based company owned by a UH alum. So once again, Cougs helping Cougs. We need to do a better job of that going forward, like the Buckeyes do helping the Buckeyes. That's a model university of a great example of how to their alums stick together and help each other out. So another example, another reason why Willie Gibson is on Folks Talking Sports. I'm Chris Gardner, website HoustonRoundBarView.com, Houston Round Bar View on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. Thank you guys, as always, for, for chiming in. A.D. Moore, thank you for the lead-in. Bless you and your courage for the Texans. A.D. will be filling in for me at Rice this Saturday to watch the Rice UH women's basketball game, while I'll be at Fertitta Center watching the men's game between the Cougs and Alabama. Houston Round Bar View is a media group recognized by some <clears throat> schools in the city, some, not all. I won't say who the all is, but you can kind of guess. <clears throat> if I say AD has been to Rice, I've been to TSU, AD has been to TSU, HBU. <clears throat> what school am I not saying? Hmm. But anyway, and it's my alma mater too. Ain't that something? But anyhow, we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you very much for everybody watching us on Folks Talk Sports Twitter account, as well as on the Houston Round Ball Review on YouTube. Until next weekend, everybody take care. See you Sunday. Peace.